The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi portfolio managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Good evening, my friends. Thank you for spending some time with us. We're going to talk money. That's what the show is all about. It's September. Got to put our heads down, get a little more serious about life. The world's reopening, the economy is booming, uh, as is the markets. Uh, I certainly hope you're wealthier. Uh, you better be wealthier. You've been listening to Jack and I for some time now. You are wealthier. Uh, right, Jack? Absolutely, Wolf. It's been a, been a long bull market. We've participated with our clients for sure. Yes, indeed. Uh, Amos Nadler, Chief Economist at Fabrique. It's an inter, check this out. It's an interconnected system that can transform, hold, trade, and grow every asset you own, uh, where everything is digital. That's so futuristic, uh, almost. Mm-hmm. And you say it so nicely, Wolf. I think you'd be a great, great marketing person for Fabric. <laughs> well, you never know. Uh, you know, <laughs> life is an adventure. Um, you know, this is uh, my second rodeo, so to speak, and. Uh, Actually, it's my third rodeo. Who knows? Maybe I'll do a fourth in my day. Uh, but good for you, and thank you very much for joining us, uh, Amos. Um, behavioral finance uh, is a newer discipline when it comes to managing money. And I just read a great, and I, I say that because, of course, you uh, uh, were a professor of behavioral finance. That's how Jack and I became familiar with your work, and uh, we gravitated towards your uh, knowledge in the subject because it's a new science. And a great quote I picked up from Warren Buffett today was, if the markets were simply about history, everyone on Wall Street would be a librarian. <laughs> But it's not. It's about people as much as it's about facts and figures and repetitive behavior. It's about people. Um, and again, almost just, just put on your, your, your psych hat for, for a few minutes with me. Uh, I have to admit, I'm sure many of our listeners right now feel the same way as do I, that it's still very weird. Um, we've gone through an 18-month shift of mindset. Uh, Albeit the economy remained intact, thanks to the central intervention of all those banks around the world flooding the system with money. Uh, it worked again, uh, propped up the market. Um, but, you know, the day-to-day -day living, um, you know, the, the amount of vaccinations required, having to show proof of vaccination to get into a restaurant, uh, we're going to be legislated. Um, and I just have the sense that, you know, we, we, we're, we're getting set in our new ways, going back to our old ways. I, I, is, is it doable? And, and what do you, how is this affecting people in, in, from your perspective, almost? Again, thinking behavior finance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I, I love your quote that you started off with, with this idea that Wall Street would be a librarian. The, the reason why we can't use history as a perfect example of what's going to be moving forward is the same reason that disclaimers on investment vehicles say past performance is not an indication of future performance. Um, and so when you think about people's adaptation to our current world, there isn't really a clear precedent for it. Like if you look at previous pandemics, 
technology was not in place. They weren't uh, the, it was the ability to substitute services from you know, online shopping to, to not shopping, these kinds of things. Um, so I think that what you mentioned earlier is the, the intervention of central banks to help to kind of help people feel more safe during this time that they're not losing their homes, that even if um, their jobs are, are possibly going to be lost, that there is you know, sufficient benefit. So there's been a whole lot done to reduce the financial stress associated with this uncertain time. The reopening uh, has been in some places successful, in some places we're getting derailed by, by these variants. Um, but I think people's baseline sense of safety, like that is, if you think of it from like a, a hierarchy of needs, like a Maslow hierarchy of needs, if people don't feel safe for food and shelter, it's very difficult to do anything else on top of that. And so the central banks even seem to understand that. They say, well, if people don't have food and shelter, well, then bad things start to happen. Unemployment, crime, domestic violence, drug abuse. Like they realize it's a pretty quick downhill slide from there. So even though there's a concern about inflation and, and these, these other problems, uh, the banks take it a priority to meet at least those first one or two fundamental levels of people's existence to help them function on top of those levels. You know, you spoke of Maslow, and uh, I got quite excited. Again, I do have a degree in marketing, and that was the first thing that they taught us in marketing, plus in psychology. Maslow's hierarchy of needs continuously comes up in business teachings. I certainly hope it does, because uh, it's important stuff, and it's, it, it truly does describe how we as people uh, prioritize uh, the way we think. Uh, yes, we have to be warm. We have to be safe. And so physiological needs come first, um, followed by safety needs. And I'm not sure where health fits in, but I'm going to say it fits in either between physiological and safety, somewhere mm -hmm. in between. But you want to be fed. You want to feel safe. And then you can reach for love and then uh, esteem. And if you're one of the Elon Musk's or uh, Bill Gates of the world, you have self-actualized. May you all self-actualize. Um, you know, I get philosophical, but why not? It's Saturday night. We can do that too, eh, almost. Right. So um, in terms of people changing habit, uh, because technology has empowered us, uh, habits have changed. Uh, What's your sense? Uh, can we go back to our old ways readily, or uh, what, what's your make of the, uh, the the psychology out there in terms of this reopening and going back in the downtown core, uh, next to people, uh, hustle bustle, crowds? Apparently, Hong Kong is ninety percent back to full swing. Yeah, the facts are there. There are places, both in Asia, there are places in the United States that you know, I've heard of friends in New York City, friends in Texas, just say, yeah, we're, we're back to normal. We're living our lives. We're giving friends hugs and going out to dinner. So there, you know, with sufficient vaccination, I think that can happen. Um, as I said, there's some un unknown variants. There is this, well, there's Delta, and there's a new one that just came out yesterday called Mu, which, you know, potentially could, could derail things. And so I'm, I'm not an epidemiologist. Uh, I would love to have one on the call to dig into this some other time. But I think people want to go to go back to normal. I think people feel much more optimistic uh, once you reach a certain vaccination level. About 70% is what you need to hit as a minimum for, for to keep things under control. Um, but what you're seeing is, is a huge acceleration of the substitution effect towards technology um, versus inaction. I said earlier, like if this was pre-technology, you would just, I don't know how you'd get your food these days. You just clickety-clack on your keyboard and somebody delivers it to your house. Um, and so there's, I think, Sort of unseen problem that's happening right now, and I know we're, we may discuss going back to school at some point in, on this call because that's happening. 
Um, but people are relying on technology for a lot of things. And the problem, there's good and bad. The bad I'm going to focus on is reliance on like social media influencers for financial advice. I don't know if you guys have seen this, these like TikTok and Instagram people that are spouting off absolute nonsense, but these people are young or beautiful or whatever, and people listen and follow their advice. Um, and so there's some risks associated with, with that. Um, you know, it might be fun on the, on the show sometime to like play one of them and critique it. And actually, my second favorite thing is watching CPAs or lawyers or economists or, you know, other people like that actually comment in real time or, you know, kind of take apart what the people are saying um, because there's no real public protection and those sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, I think people want to get back to normal and talk to real people. But for now, we're using technology as a substitute, and some of those substitutes are very bad. Well, that's very interesting speak, uh, Amos. Uh, I'm up against my son. Uh, right now, who uh, worked very hard this summer. He's 17, we went off to university, but he worked very hard this summer, uh, saved some money, uh, mm-hmm. and said, Dad, I want to trade myself. I said, fine, we can, we'll do a little side account for you. And I don't know, I would rarely let a client do this, but uh, it's my son, and, uh, you know, uh, is a buyer beware, uh, carpet, is it carpet diem? Uh, a caveat emptor, caveat emptor, <laughs> uh, caveat emptor, yeah. Um, so, so I, off he trades, but he's trading through Jack and I, and he's actually a high maintenance, uh, pain in the buck client. Uh, I would never take him, driving us crazy. Dad, I want eight shares of course entertainment. Of what? Uh, eight shares? Okay. Jack, would you, would you please fill that order? Um, but he actually wants to do it himself. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I was just interviewed by Wealth Professional Magazine speaking about fees, uh, and if fees have become an issue during the pandemic, and I said, that's the last thing on people's minds during the pandemic. They want to make sure that they've been looked after, that there's a strategy, that they can sleep at night. And if you deliver, which we have, there is no discussion around fees. Because if you deliver value, there's no problem having someone pay for the value. They're happy to pay mm-hmm. for value. Um, and, and which takes me to my next point. Yes, some people are inclined to use technology to do certain things. Um, but for the most part, when it comes to money management, what Jack and I have learned, and Jack, pipe in here, please, uh, people don't want to do it themselves. No different than I'm renovating a home right now. Uh, I don't want to lift up a hammer. I don't want to lift up a broom. But I'll tell you one thing, my friend, I am teaching my son how to use a broom. If they can use an app, you can use a broom, boys and girls. Jack, I'm going to give you 60 seconds before to go to break. Yeah, a lot of the time we see that, Wolf. And uh, the, the fact is that uh, people don't want to manage a significant portion of their money. But what I do see from time to time is they say, you know what, you can deal with my retirement savings. I want to deal with a a small portion of my TFSA. The the question that I have to them at that point is how much time do you want to devote to this small portion of your assets? If it's a hobby, that's fine. But really, I would just leave it to the experts. Yeah, or have the experts execute the odd one-off trade, but keep a consolidated uh, again, it's incredible how, you know, we, we've, we have these long-standing clients, Jack, um, and after 20 years, all of a sudden, out of the closet comes a $48,000 TFSA. Uh, what was that doing over there? And again, um, the average TFSA that Jack and I are sitting on is, is, is hovering in just over 100000 bucks. Uh, is what it is. But uh, yeah, you find someone you love and you, and you consolidate and all that. Have one partner in life, my good friends, not to. Same with a money manager. Uh, just got to make sure it's the right team. Uh, sci Fi Radio, Global News 640 in Toronto. Having so much fun with you all today. Uh, thank you very much for joining in. We're going to do a quick commercial break. Get right back to Amos Nada, Chief Economist, uh, futurist, brilliant man. 
uh, and an expert in behavioral finance. You are your own worst enemy. He's going to help us uh, get through and navigate these turbulent times. As always, stay tuned. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. They might have to rewrite that. Sending your kid off to school. Technology. Parents. Leave your kids alone. How about that? Yeah, and a little bit of a new theme going on. Uh, the parachute parent continues to uh, follow and pay attention a little too closely, perhaps, to their own uh, boys and girls uh, who are heading off to university. So much so, I heard of one parent who uh, hacked into their child's email and uh, changed their uh, roommate as they didn't like the roommate that their child has chosen, they changed the roommate, uh, unbeknownst to the child. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, then basically, I don't know if the child actually went back to the university. I think they did. So my mom hacked into my email. Uh, yeah, I want to stick with my existing uh, setup. But uh, there was a piece of the Wall Street Journal about that. Uh, Amos Nadler, uh, chief economist at Fabrique, is also a behavioral uh, finance expert. Jack Hartle, of course, on the show, producer of the show. Um, but uh, gentlemen, uh, Jack, you're you're a dad. Uh, your children in a few years will be off to university. We're sending our our son off to university. Uh, as a matter of fact, this weekend, um, driving off to uh, Western, where Amos Nadler used to be a professor of behavioral finance. But uh, the story, basically, in the Wall Street Journal was speaking about parents, you know, following and and, and monitoring their child's behavior way too much and that they have to basically cut the tie uh when the child turns 17 18 heads off to university but some parents can't cut the tie uh you know technology can be so good and helpful but boy uh, it can cause issues uh jack and almost please i want you guys to quickly speak to that well it certainly can and like you said wolf uh, control that parents have over their kids through technology is significant and the fact that uh you know giving your kids some freedom while they're at home I think is a good idea just for the fact that uh, once they go off to university and they do have to stand on their own two feet, um, they're going to have a lot of flexibility and freedom. And, you know, even if you do have that technology, you really can't track what they're up to. So give them a little bit of freedom, let them fail a little bit so that they understand what failure is like. And then that'll allow them to succeed. I think. Failure is good. Uh, Amos. Hmm. I, I, agree I love that. that. Hey, see, there, sorry, sorry. I got to jump in here. See, now there, there is the doctor, right? Eh? Hmm. Let me think about it. That's, that's a sign of intelligence. <laughs> you know, I just well, I want to hear what Jack had to say and like trying to, not to, you know, I'm trying to incorporate into my response. So I agree that like tech is a double-edged sword in the sense of that, yes, it allows you to monitor, but it gives kids access to things that they, that we growing up did not have access to. So just like most things, double-edged sword, I mean, 
me as like a basically unsupervised child in the 80s, if my mom had any idea the things that I was doing as a child or in high school, like let's, I mean, she's probably not listening to the show, but I'll say we did do like drag racing and all sorts of things that are very illegal in California uh, as 15, 16 year olds. And uh, if, tech, you know, you could pick that up on a cell phone. So I think it's good that we don't know what our kids are doing. It's probably true for your teenage boys that if you guys knew everything they're doing, I don't think you'd sleep at night because I know you two are rascals yourselves and probably did things that your parents would be worried about. So I think ignorance may be bliss to some extent. Um, and technology might show all the things that would have occurred anyway, but now we know about it. So that's the first thing that jumps to mind. You know, ignorance truly can be bliss and in so many aspects of life. Uh, and again, when you're going through change in life, um, often the fact that you don't know the challenges that, you're, that, that are in front of you is a good thing. It, it causes you to do the most important thing in life is taking the first step. If you see a person that you're attracted to, take the first step and say, hey, you want to go out? You know, it's not so easy, but you got to take the first step and you got to be prepared for some shortfall where you get, you know, a little bit of rejection. But, it's, you know, got to get up to bat. It's a numbers game. Life is a numbers game. Uh, likewise, with investing, you got to get up to bat. You got to begin and you got to start investing. And, yeah, you'll have some bumps along the way. Uh, but the name of the game is to get up to bat and uh, participate. It, it, it's just an incredible time. Uh, it truly, truly is an incredible time. Uh, change uh, is, is like right here in front of us. Um, and we're all living through this period of change. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, it can be daunting. Uh, the amount of new tech coming at us is, is, is mind-boggling. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the winners will succeed. And the, uh, the, those that don't succeed will, will, will go by the wayside. I'm talking about tech itself. Uh, Market-wise, the NASDAQ continues to power higher. Uh, high valuation stocks uh, continue to attract attention. Uh, and the value trade continues to work. So almost you're an economist. Let, let's talk markets. Uh, we're heading into the fall. We're in this historic uh, liquidity-driven bull market. Uh, everyone is a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, thoughts on the fall? Uh, yeah, well, we're on the commodity side, we're seeing uh, rising prices there. We're seeing things happening partly from supply chain disruptions and possibly some, some decisions being made uh, to exacerbate some of the supply chain issues and to drive higher prices, uh, which is causing the boogeyman of inflation to wake up, as you mentioned, this, uh, being buoyed by, by central bank dollars makes inflation much more likely. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that happening uh, in a few different ways, uh, even junk bonds hit, this is crazy, hit a zero yield, real yield. Um, and if things don't change going into the fall, you know, in the commodity space specifically, I think there's going to be some some issues on yields and the central bank may need to start making some different decisions if the uh, surprises, inflation surprises continue. That is certainly a concern. And I almost, I speak every week about the home renovation I'm experiencing. Um, nails for a nail gun. Uh, they're about 120 bucks for a case, up 100% in price going forward. They doubled in price uh, just this week. If you're interested in nails for a nail gun, well, uh, there may be some old inventory you can pick up off the shelf. Get it now. Uh, Jack is waiting for plywood prices to fall. Jack, I think plywood prices <laughs> continue to go higher. Um, so I think, you know, if I have a few sheets left over, uh, they're not going in my bin. No, they're going to go at the end of my dragon. I'm going to put them onto Gigi and maybe see if I get 60 bucks, 60 bucks a board, eh? Uh, indeed. 
But almost uh, in, in the world then of crypto, again, mm-hmm. your, your company is focusing on everything digital. Um, mm-hmm. uh, speak to us about crypto. What are the newest developments that uh, are, are on your radar? Uh, beyond the kind of traditional stuff of, oh, Bitcoin price, Ethereum price, I mean, that's, people tend to really get kind of glued into that, uh, which I think is interesting because there's this hyper-focus on, on BTC and on Ethereum, but uh, there are much better platforms. There's much better technology happening in the other, you know, other projects, and they don't, they don't get as much attention. Um, and so if, if you are invested in that space, I think it's important to do your due diligence. I'm not saying due diligence is is easy in that space because most people aren't really experienced or qualified to assess the true investability of the asset. So that's one challenge. The other is regulation. Um, you know, the regulators are kind of circling around and, and looking to, to further regulate the assets. Um, presently, they're not considered securities, so they're not regulated by by for you know the SEC, for example. Um, the spot market is not regulated, but the futures market is. So, you know, the, the market keeps evolving by providing people access. So if you want to put in a retirement account, there are. There's a fund, um, the Canadian fund that, that you can buy if you're interested in it. But it goes back down to the fundamentals. It all comes back down to the conversation, the same conversations that you guys would have with Wolf and Jack about what's the allocation and thinking about the risk reward. And so in the crypto space, there's going to be major, major losers. There's going to be, you know, Big surprises. I don't want to go into too much detail there, but there's also going to be um, good surprises where things are going to be appreciating. But when you build a portfolio, you have to think about the fundamentals of portfolio management. Does it serve the, the cash needs of the individual in their particular point in life? So I'm not saying there's no space for, for crypto. Absolutely, there could be. Especially if you, you did it 10 years ago, you would be in a very good place, even with a 1% allocation. Um, but moving forward, it doesn't mean it's going to have that same performance. So you really got to slow down and do a deeper search using tools that you may not even have ever used before, looking at things like on-chain metrics and things that, that are, are much more complicated uh, to your average investor. Jack? Yeah, it's a, it's a new space. It's a volatile space, Wolf, obviously. Uh, I think that almost made an exceptionally strong point there. Um, you know, you need to do your due diligence. And I think a lot of investors uh, in that space, a lot of speculators in that space, um, they, they really don't understand what they're doing. Um, just because it is so new, and you see, you often see that in new markets. You saw that in the rails back in the you know the 1800s, early 1900s. You know, boom bust when a new uh, new type of technology gets investable. You saw it at the Nifty 50 back in the 70s. You saw it with technology in 2000s, and now you're seeing it with the crypto space. So new technology is exciting. There's opportunity there, but often a lot of those types of technologies or um, asset classes, um, you know, securities within that asset class tend to fail, unfortunately, but there are going to be some significant winners over time, I would expect. Yeah, no no doubt. Winners and um, losers. Uh, Amos, let's let's speak uh, on on a midterm basis. Um, As an economist, uh, with the amount of money that that has been printed uh, globally, um, you know, for the for the Python to digest this uh, is going to take time. I, I use that word digest because our chief strategist, Tony Dwyer, has been referring to this market strength uh, of the last 18 months, uh, uh, analogous to a, a, a snake swallowing a, a, a calf, uh, baby calf. Uh, it takes time to digest that. So he was calling this 2021 the summer of indigestion and saying at some point the market has to basically make a directional change up or down. Um, and the, the, there's not enough indicators 
uh, that are they're giving him confidence in, in making that directional call. And so therefore, Tony Dwyer's comment is continue to maintain your current position. Do nothing, in other words, which is really what we have done for the last three months. Doing nothing, ladies and gentlemen, can often be, and in my opinion, very much is doing something. And Warren Buffett uh, certainly would attest to that all day long. Um, so again, almost what's your what's your call? When do you think it's going to be time to do something? I think it's sectoral. Like for example, there there are sectors who are that are going to actually quite uh, outperform. There are sectors that are going to underperform. You've seen that bifurcation um, from the very beginning of the pandemic. And so moving forward, if you're talking about in aggregate, yeah, like you can sit on your hands if you have a diversified portfolio uh, that can weather you know the uncertainty but if you're highly concentrated in a particular sector that may not be recovering as quickly as you think or is still vulnerable you could think about you know transportation or other areas that could be derailed by you know if you're thinking about delta or mu or some other variant um, that's part of the structure now you have to be a real specialist in that area to understand how vulnerable it is to those things um, and so diversification is kind of your friend here but yeah and i wouldn't recommend some major action if you are well diversified, if you're concentrated in vulnerable sectors, you may want to dig a little deeper and have some conversations with you guys about about that. We're speaking with Almost Nadler. Uh, he's a chief economist at Fabrique, uh, also a behavioral finance expert. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. It is Hi-Fi Radio, Global News 640 in Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Doing all right? Well done, Sophia. There's sir. Cueing that tune up. Great uh, documentary on drummers on Netflix just released. It must have been uh, a minute after uh, the gracious Charlie Watts passed away. It's called Count Me In. Uh, watch it. It's amazing. Uh, if you like music, which I'm sure you do, uh, count me in on Netflix about drummers. This is so cool. And I, I share that with you because the world of money, the world of building wealth, don't miss a beat. Sorry for the cliche, but like, don't miss a beat. Just continue along. Work, save, invest. Do that, my friends, for 20 years and you will be rich. Uh, obviously, a dollar or two a month is enough. No, you got to make it count, you know, 10 or 15% of your earnings save it. Uh, I'm not the first person to tell you this. It's the wealthy barber speak, but I want you to be rich. You can be rich. I'm not Tom Vu. No, no boats, no yachts, no beautiful girls, just my beautiful family. Uh, common sense stuff. This is not complicated. It's actually, it, it, it's, it's simple. It may not be easy, but it's simple. Uh, count me in. Uh, it's the name of the uh, drummer show. I want you to be counted in when it comes to wealth. Stay tuned to this show. Jack and I will guide you. Uh, any questions, by the way, for Jack? Factor I, WolfgangKlein.com, The Wolf on Bay Street. That's where you can find us. Reach out. Uh, we're here for you. Each and every one of you. No question too big. No question too small. We serve them all. We got a great uh, 
So, uh, continuing, Amos Nadler, he's chief economist at a company called uh, Fabrique, uh, where everything is digital. Uh, Amos uh, is an economist. He's also an expert in behavioral finance. Uh, you, my friend, or we have found the enemy, and it is I. So, we want to keep ourselves from ourselves. That's what the show is all about, to help you build wealth. You have to be courageous every now and then. Lean into the market, eh? Uh, indeed, uh, Amos. Um, you were speaking earlier about uh, you know risk and about uh, uh, time for change. Again, if you have a balanced portfolio, you needn't change. Uh, if you are very one-sided in your money management approach, I would never advise that. Uh, yes, it always is a good time to change. Uh, balance is safer, it's smarter, it's more sustainable as far as I'm concerned. Uh, concentrated bets, good for Elon Musk. Um, but you know, most of us are not that individual. Uh, but you know, some again, the beauty, uh, Jen, again, just speaking out loud here, uh, gentlemen, the beauty uh, uh, that we have as people living in a wonderful free society is that we can all of a sudden become Elon Musk's partner, uh, we can become Bill Gates' partner, uh, correct? We can buy a piece of their business and, and participate. And it's incredible, there's such smart people on Wall Street, and this, the, Wall Street receives some disdain. You know the saying, if you can't beat them, join them. Uh, and indeed, you, you know, a company that we own, a company called Blackstone, they're private equity managers, um, some of the smartest minds on Wall Street. If you want to stay here in Canada, Brookfield Asset Management, some of the Spruce Flats, some of the smartest entrepreneurs and businessmen in Canada. You can be partners with these individuals. And how do you know? Well, take a look, do some homework and find out, you know, how much do they own of the company? Are they a big or small shareholder? If they're a big shareholder, hey, guess what? You have confidence. And again, is it your job? Do you have the time to delve, delve into those details? I think not. And that's where the expertise of, of advice comes in. Uh, competent individuals look for things like that to help build and create an edge for themselves when they are investing other people's money. Part of what we do. Uh, again, the most important thing, there's so many of them in this world, but is to have an open mind and continuously learn. Uh, that's why we like to have almost Nadler on the show uh, frequently because he's a very, very smart man. He was a professor uh, after all. It's time to get back into some, I guess, academia. Uh, September is, uh, well, here we are. The month of September. Uh, so, almost uh, please, uh, the overall sentiment uh, that you're you're feeling on Wall Street and on Main Street. Um, do you think it's extreme giddiness? Uh, do you think there's still some despair? Uh, hence, opportunity for further upside. I think that the, what you're seeing on Wall Street. I mean, the, what the main kind of bifurcation between Main Street and Wall Street, there's two main things. One is going to be expertise and sort of, you could say, arsenal, like Wall Street has significant expertise in what they're doing, and they have arsenal technology and knowledge to execute on, on that expertise. And then while you have Main Street, you have people who are who delegate some of that, or most of the decision-making to, to experts like yourselves, or, you know, they might take a, a passive strategy. Um, and so they know there's always going to be an asymmetry between, between those things. Um, and so... I think the sentiment that we're seeing on Wall Street, uh, from what I've seen in some of the leading indicators, is a lot of place to stay, a lot of place to play in the commodity space, um, and there's a number of kind of high leverage bets that that are being taken in that space. I think in Main Street, I think there's a lot of optimism. I think the people are believing that the world will, as we talked about earlier, come back into normal, and with normality, there's this assumption of lower volatility. 
at least coming from the uh, the pandemic. So I think overall there's optimism, and I think that there's reason to believe that there'll be more normalcy. That is contingent upon adoption of good, you know, uh, adoption of the policy of getting vaccinated and making sure that, for example, mu doesn't become a worldwide threat. So with that in place, I think that overall we're in good uh, good shape and we can return to a semi-normal space with some of the scars and differences and patterns that uh, occurred during the kind of the craziness of the pandemic. Well, at some point we will have to change our beat. Uh, it is what life is all about, my good friends. Uh, it's about change. It's about evolution. It's about progress and moving forward. Uh, again, uh, Going forward with with a, with a strategy that has proven the test of time, it's one of simplicity. Uh, I repeat, it's one of simplicity. Uh, quality assets, long-term thinking, continuous investment is how you build wealth. Keeping your mind open, taking in new information, but understanding that some things just don't change. Jack, always, when we spoke about the Atkins diet, hey, Jack, what was your comment about uh, the Atkins diet and about people's changing habits? Well, that was around 2000 or so when the, you know, the Atkins diet was taking a, a bite out of the Big Mac and they were saying that no one wanted to go to McDonald's. But, you know, people still like those cheeseburgers and Big Macs, Wolf. <laughs> oh, God, you used to, used to laugh eh, when you used to take your little hockey trips um, and, and your road trips with your buddies. And you had about six cheeseburgers on the uh, dashboard, Jack, lined up to yeah, eat. At least you, cheeseburgers, yeah, keeping them warm on the dashboard and uh, a few fries, just like I almost was saying. If our parents could only see us back then, they'd just shake their heads. <laughs> ignorance is bliss my good friends you know rip van winkle made a lot of money he bought some quality assets put his head in the sand woke up 10 years later and was a rich man i think that's how the story goes and if not well i can fabricate every now and then too sci-fi radio almost now they're a real pleasure uh, i want to wish you a safe weekend my good friends welcome to september uh may you continuously prosper and uh, continuously educate uh our listeners jack and i it's a real treat uh stay tuned my good friends we're gonna have a little financial planning tune up with our in-house financial planner lara right here on hi-fi radio Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hi-Fi Radio, show about money. I am Wolfgang Klein, portfolio manager, Jack Hartle, portfolio manager, partner, also producer of the show, lines up the guests. Uh, Jack, you have to get us an epidemiologist on, according to NAMO, so put that on your list, please. Line up an epidemiologist so we can learn more about the variants coming at us and the market impact, perhaps. Uh, Laura Borbidakis is on the line. She is our wealth and estate planning specialist. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, of course. Uh, Laura, thank you for spending some time with us. Um, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Uh, I must say I'm delighted that uh, when Jack and I sit down with a client, there's a few things we uh, insist that they do. Uh, of course, max out an RSP 
and also as soon as possible uh, begin putting money aside for secondary education. Little bite-sized pieces, steal from grandmas, steal from brothers and sisters when they give those birthday gifts, put in the RESP, get yourself some government grant of 20%, invest the money with a 15-year time horizon, which means you don't need to be in GICs. You can buy yourself some quality blue chip companies, blue chip mutual funds, ETFs, grow the wealth, compound it over 15 years, and whammo, you should have, you know, if you, if you, if you max out, you should have $100,000, give or take, per child, I believe. Uh, my son is off to Western, and it's about $25,000 a year in year one. Um, he's not getting a credit card, by the way. Good golly, that'd be dangerous as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how we're going to fund his account, but we'll have to deal with that later. But yeah, 25000 Uh So uh, we planned. It's not going to be an issue for us. But um, Laura, Laura, excuse me, uh, you, when sitting in front of clients, um, how serious do you find people are about beginning early and putting money aside for education savings when you speak to them about their financial plan uh, and how diligent and um, uh, attentive are they to doing that? Because if they do it, there'll be enough money. Yeah, so usually when I get uh, a young uh, couple, a couple that's expecting uh, to have uh, a baby soon, it is definitely part of the conversation that uh, I like to to bring up and I give them all the advantages that they get that extra uh, 20% from the government and it's a good way for them to to save money. Um, uh, Most of the time they're quite receptive to it. And what's also interesting, uh, like you said, uh, Wolfgang, is that it's not, it's not just the parents that can contribute. It could be the grandparents that can put money into it, and uh, a nice aunt, an uncle. Um, so it, it's, it's a nice way uh, to, to build that, that uh, education nest egg, in, in a sense. And, uh, and I do see that there's a lot of interest in that. Now, Jack, this is, again, uh, where expertise uh, from yourself and from Zach uh, are... Uh, junior partner, I shall say, at uh, the Wolf on Bay Street, um, come into play. Withdrawing money from an RESP has a, a number of nuances to it, uh, and there are better ways to take the money out and not so good ways of taking the money out when the time comes. Um, and again, this is where the guidance, and there's no charges, all part of the, the service that we provide to our clients and giving them <laughs> such advice. So, Jack, why don't you share for free uh, with the listener right now, the smartest way to take money out of an RESP, say, let's say there's $100,000 in there, um, you know, uh, Johnny and Jane are, are off to school. Uh, how does it work and what's the best way to do it? Because you don't just withdraw money. There's a number of decisions that need to be made. Right. Well, there's really, you know, three buckets within uh, the RESP. So there's uh, the principal, the money that you put in. Uh, there's the grant money, the, the money that the government matched you with the 20%. And then the, the growth over time, and like you said, if you invest in a, you know high quality baskets, uh, that that growth portion is going to be quite significant as well. So the fact is, when you when you start taking money out of an education plan, so an RESP, um, there are some limitations on how much education assistance payment that you can take. So basically, you need proof of enrollment, and then to sign some documentation to withdraw that way. And when you start withdrawing from a um, RESP, you really want to focus on the grant and the growth first because it is taxed. In your children's hands and when they're going to university they're not really taxed at all but the fact is if you don't take it out and they're done their education um you they actually have to give back the grant portion so it's, it's quite significant so you really want to focus on that growth and grant first and then at the end you can take out your own principal 
Yeah, but I don't think people really appreciate that. And again, um, you know, Kathleen is, is working with the team right now and taking the money out um, uh, for uh, Elliot. And again, she, she finds it quite complicated. And it is complicated because people don't think about these things. And if they do it incorrectly, um, uh, they could be in for a nasty surprise down the road whereby the government gets some of the money back or becomes more taxable. Good guidance, good advice counts uh, with something like this. Laura, I want to share with you something else. You're going to know firsthand what I'm talking about. This is very, very important. Um, it's just it's some minutia that it may affect one of our listeners right here, right now. So be aware. Um, going through the medical process, I'm, I'm, I'm pivoting to a different direction, but it's all part of financial planning, is... Uh, Again, looking to the tool of life insurance. Life insurance is a financial tool uh, that is appropriate for many people and not appropriate or not necessary for other people. No case is identical. It must, it's, everything is tailor fit when it comes to money management. But life insurance, perhaps someone has a need and or want for life insurance. Uh, an underwriting process has to occur. Medical questionnaire must be answered. And a physical must occur as well, whereby a nurse comes to your home, takes your blood pressure, your heart rate, draws some blood, and off they go. Um, <laughs> I, I had a, a very incredible conversation with a client who was very upset with themselves because they didn't listen to the, uh, I guess, uh, insurance company and or underwriter or, or, or wholesaler uh, with the instructions as to when the nurse is coming to your house that so you know you must fast. And don't do anything out of the ordinary. So what, what happened was a friend of mine um, forgot to fast and, ha and had a big breakfast, uh, decided to be more fit, and in the last minute get on the treadmill, worked the heart rate up, dropped the heart rate back down, then drank six glasses of water to rehydrate, took a shower, washed up, a little cologne, nicey nice for the nurse, and the nurse began asking questions. Did you fast? Uh, no. Uh, have you taken your heart rate up recently? Well, yeah, 20 minutes ago. Did you have more than one glass of water? Well, I had six. Screwed the whole process up. Felt really bad about the situation, like really bad about the situation because that can affect the levels in your blood when they're doing the readings, which could uh, cause them to deny you um, uh, an application. So, Laura, please, I want you to speak to that. What are people supposed to do if the nurse is about to show up and what should they not do? Well, uh, it is case by case, but yes, so usually the nurse will call and they will give you instructions of, of what to do. Um, you know, you, you should try and be as calm as possible, not do exercise before. Uh, you know, it's, it's quite a relaxing uh, experience, really. There's going to be some questions that are going to be asked, so you just answer them truthfully. Um, and make sure that you don't drink alcohol or uh, definitely no marijuana or anything like that before before any of these tests. Um, follow the instructions. Well, there is something called the pre-underwriting phase. And uh, I want to speak to you, Lara, and our listeners about that. I don't have enough time for this show, so we're going to bring Lara Borbadakis back on the show, uh, our wealth and estate planning specialist at Canaccord, uh, very holistic sound uh, planning advice that, that can pay huge dividends down the road. Not complicated, simple, but not necessarily easy. That's where you need a team to help you through it. That's what we are all about here at the Wolf and Bay Street. Jack Hartle, great job. As always, Laura Barbadakis, I appreciate your time. I want to wish you, friends at home, a great weekend. Welcome to September. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, more show each and every Saturday right here on the Global News Radio, 640 in Toronto. <laughs> 
You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.